Hey now, episode five. Man, I'm excited about this episode, and I'll tell you why. Um, this this episode is, and this entire series is supported by Visler, and that's an important detail because I I met Jimmy years ago. Oh, had to be four, and it was you know he's a blonde kid surfing for many hours at a local beach or reef that you take notice of because he was surfing well but he put serious time in and you'd see this kid all over town all the time and um you know seeing him uh, being included on the Vistler team that had to be a good year and a bit ago um I was really excited for what he was going to bring to the way he surfs and we'll go deep in that in this episode but he really is creative and and my uh my excitement was knowing that I'd be able to get to maybe do a couple trips or spend time with him. I don't know Jimmy well, and I was excited to hopefully get to know him better. And some opportunities have presented themselves, but this one was unique because he's been riding Ashton's boards for some time now, devoted to this twin fin path that they've created together and riding them very well. I mean, this is head-turning surfing. I think it stands the test of time, and yet it's still in its infancy. And we discuss this, and I, I don't challenge him, but I bring this concept up of, Jimmy, I'm excited about what you're doing on a wave and how you approach surfing, the way you think about it, but I'm more excited about where you're going to take this path that you've imagined and this raw talent that you're clearly displaying. I'm really excited to see where Jimmy's surfing going is going. So... Look out for these things to come within the Vislov film edits. Um, I think the way he's approaching things, the the way he surfs with a consistency is probably the most important thing because you can depend on being able to learn from the way he surfs, which you can't do from everyone. Some people are so polished and battered that it's um, it's almost camouflaged. He's in the right part of the wave doing the right thing. So look for that in the in the Vistler films coming out soon in his own work that he's putting out. But yeah, thanks again to them for supporting this series. Um, man, just just having just having people believing in the creative and innovative pods within this industry is the wrong way to say it. Within these lanes that we share, which is surfing and building things and shaping and artwork and you know different approaches. It's um, it's it's really inspirational. I'm I'm really I'm honored to be part of that team and 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 the the things that people on the team are doing inspire me. I hope these things inspire you. But that's what it's about. What are you doing? What are the things that you dreaming and envisioning of doing? And um, take a depth in your lane. So I'm gonna let Jimmy get to this. But I was um, I wasn't quite sure how this was gonna go. I, I I hit him up and said, Hey, been working with Ashton all, all year. He knew that. I said, we, we, we need to talk to you, if you're willing, to hear how these boards have affected your lane, your life. And he was more than uh, more than glad to sit down. So like I said, I, I didn't know Jimmy well. I mean, I've met him a couple of times, but he is a quiet and um, reserved personality. And yet, man, I'm, you'll, you'll hear you here in a minute, but episode five, the, Jimmy brings it, and he brings it in his gentle, calm demeanor, it was a cold day sitting in my shaping bay. It's toward the end of the year now. This was the last episode we did record, but we're dropping it before Ashton and I sum up those thoughts. So thanks to Ashton. Thanks to Jimmy. Thanks to Visla, And I hope you're enjoying the series. Stick with this one. Stick with this one because it is it is long. 
maybe this is a two-parter you listen to it halfway through i don't know how you're enjoying these podcasts but you know everyone has their own way to listen but i i recently listened to it top to bottom after recording and uh, was making these notes that i'll go over really quickly and wow his his perspective on what surfing actually is is well of course it's his own so it's unique but it's different from maybe anybody else who I've had explain it to me, which isn't fair because you haven't asked everyone how they view surfing and what surfing is. But the way he explains it, it's true to him and I see it in his surfing and I hear, I hear it in his voice, you'll hear it too. So enjoy that, but let's go over, here's some bullet points really quickly and these will be in the show notes. So yeah, trying to just quickly go over the things that um, you can expect here, but um, his history of you know where he's from in South Carolina, the boards he was riding, who he was riding for, landing up on Ashton's boards, you know how how to actually progress as a surfer. Really interesting points he brings up there. You know, bring, being in the right mental space, spending spend a lot of time with, like talking to yourself, mental voice, that kind of thing. Um, the way he watches surfing and studies it. You know the the kinds of waves he tests boards in. Set resetting his mindset. <laughs> music this this was this was utterly fa- fascinating and the kinds of things he listened to and now is listening to or doesn't listen to obscure influence on what what inspires him for surfing and it's outside of surfing really fascinating this guy's looking at other things and cherry picking the things that he can see with an overlap i hope you're doing that with this this series it it's not designed to give any answers it's designed to maybe ask some questions and leave things open-ended just keep asking the questions of yourself these are the wrong questions but they might lead to the right ones so what are the right questions for you in your lane be in you lane that's that's the whole concept of this series um looking down the wave too far reading sections he has great comments on on breaking things down and the timing of how he surfs and then his approach to do that more, do it better and do it consistently. I challenged him on that because I've seen the results of that. He's a very consistent and um, efficient surfer. And I'm talking everything, like longboard to tiny board. It's doing the right thing at the right time in a unique way, but it's compelling because it's it's good wave riding. He's in the right part of the wave, fitting a board in and generating speed on rail. Talk about it and all those twin fins body surfing variety of crafts um let's see borrowing lessons from one board to another huge huge inputs on that um just giving boards a chance the the work he's done with ashton and the, the kinds of testing boards and how things work or don't work and the subtle changes they make surprising actually on how restrained and reserved that's been and also which boards he doesn't care for and it's they lead to to other things. That's that's clear for you too, right? You know, you, maybe a board you didn't love, but they opened up opportunities to feel a board in a new way or really solidify the things that you don't look for or want in a surfboard. He shares what he does want in a surfboard. Um, let's see, yeah, concepts learned from surfing and taken into the rest of your life. Well, I mean, that's just, that's if that's not important, then nothing is because, you know, it all works together and we've discussed that and will. So, you know, what, what is, why does this all matter? why does it even matter but yes it matters to us and so there's depth there we don't uncover it we just we don't gloss over it either we we admit that it's there and we're grateful for it i certainly am 
<laughs> down to the delicate details of um, how long he surfs or when he surfs, the kinds of colors he likes in the board, the <clears throat> the concept of, of teaching and learning. I'm so grateful for Jimmy, the things that he shared. Enjoy this episode. Yeah. I feel like we went deep together because we both made ourselves vulnerable. Ashton Shirley has on this whole series. And, and so thank you for them for, for doing that, for sharing with us. I've learned so much. Perhaps you are too. Once again, find somebody to go deep with in your lane. Do things together. The, the, to teach is to learn. To learn together is to go deep. That's kind of how we summed it up in conversation. I hope that works for you. Jimmy, I'm stoked to have you here. Um, everyone's listening to this as part of a series, and this will be part five of a part six series. So everything else is buttoned up. But yeah, I've been working with Ashton all year. And I wouldn't say working with, I guess a better way to phrase it would be just sharing time with Ashton all year. And the project was um, it was really birthed out of a concept of being the change you want to see, meaning you're not in this alone, building boards, making decisions, cross-studying, cross-referencing, finding your own way, finding your own path and getting a depth out of it. So I hit him up, we got together and I was like, hey, let's just see what you want to learn. I'm, I, I don't have the answers, but we can keep asking questions and see where it leads. And it's been a beautiful um, experiment This the, you've to date, you've listened to four parts. This will be the fifth. There's one more to follow. But listening to Ashton's... Um, questions throughout the year and watching his growth um you've been an integral part of that riding these boards that he's been working on for for a long time but then even throughout the year and i said to him i was like let's just speak to you let's speak to you about um all sorts of things that you're doing too which is a great time to um, introduce you um again um but also your perspective on the kinds of boards that you've been feeling the kinds of things that you've noticed in the change and then the just the way you see understand and approach surfing i think that's really interesting so there's no right or wrong path that we're going to take here but the path is interesting because of the openness that we started with with ashton i'm like we weren't sure where we were going and we've learned all sorts of things and we've made discoveries but um why don't we just start with um who you are and i want you to do this so that it's um the words you'd like to hear about yourself. Okay. Do, do, do you know what I mean? So stay on the mic and just tell us yeah. who you are. Tell, tell us how you came to to be where you are today, which is such a fascinating place. And um, yeah, how you'd like the people to understand where you're coming from. Yeah, so I'm Jimmy. Uh, I think probably an important part about me is obviously surfer, but from South Carolina. And I spot, spent like a lot of years just loving surfing from a distance I guess and being able to surf maximum once a week and not a ton and then now I live in Orange County which is kind of the epicenter of surf so I'm just like so stoked to be surrounded by all these people and like all that influence is something that I am just so fortunate to have now versus like when I lived there I definitely only rode like what I could find at a shop and like would see videos of guys that really inspired me like Ryan Birch or Dane and like would get super psyched on it and then never got a chance to like kind of feel that or like see it in person. And so I feel like that's an important part of my journey is just like 
being from South Carolina and then having this world where I'm so exposed to like everybody and all these new concepts that I feel like I've been able to learn a lot by being here. But yeah, I'm Jimmy and I just have a big love for surfing. And so I think that's connected me with like everyone who is kind of like in my sphere of my world now. And uh, Ash and I originally met through surfing. He was good buddies of uh, Corey Colapinto. They ran like a Christian surfers. Ashen would run it. And so I met him through that and I was writing uh, album surfboards at the time. And I was having a great time on that. But then me and Ashton developed this really good friendship and over a year of just being like good friends with him, he kinda, I was uh, starting to shape boards on my own just for the experiment purpose. Not that I ever really wanted to be a big shaper, but I just, you learn so much by trying to make a dud work, you know, or just everything that you think you know, and surfing kind of changes when you realize you can tweak it by actually touching the board and changing every part of the board. So that's a journey I've been on for the past year or two years now, just kind of like learning more about surfboards and trying to ride a lot of different surfboards. Um, but anyway, so when I started to shape on my own, Ashen approached me and he was like, oh, like try one of my boards. I was going on a trip to Costa Rica, so he gave me one to bring on the quiver and then um, he ended up making me a few boards and his the first board he made me is still like my daily board I'd say it's a fish and so it's just like amazing but we just have like such a good relationship as people that I feel like that has came through in surfing like we just our communication and our love of the same things kind of like makes the boards even better so that definitely kind of ignites like a big passion in what I want to do with surfboards or like what excites me about surfboards is just like the relationship we have on both trying new things together and learning at the same time or I have a concept that's new and he has a concept that is new and we're just both learning at the same time so I'd say that's like kind of where I'm at where I'm involved with Ashton and who I am but I just love surfing and I've been kind of going pretty hard the past few years and just no responsibilities and surfing as much as I can and I feel like that has led me to meet such cool people so say that's who I am in in essence or Hmm. what brought me here I mean that's a beautiful and honest and very articulated path I, I love the fact that you know so clearly what you wanted to do and what you're doing when you left home did you come here because of what Orange County was and what it had to offer in terms of the consistency and frequency of waves? Definitely. Okay. I went from, like like I said, you could surf maybe once a week in South Carolina to here. I mean, today is like the worst day of the year. And I just went and surfed and I had a great time and I caught, you know, 30 waves in 20 minutes. And like it's, you can surf all day, every day here. Like tide, winds, swell, it all is pretty surfable all the time. And so that's the main reason I came and then when you mix that in with the people here, it's like I have so much reach in terms of like people I want to learn from here or kind of even just like I had never really seen good surfing in South Carolina, I guess, in person. And then you go to lowers a day in the summer and you literally see everybody from the top contests or videos out there every day just surfing the same waves as you. And like that kind of really opens up your mind as opposed to like, when you see like footage from guys in Indo and you're in South Carolina and you're like, well, that section was perfect. Like I could do that. So then, yeah, just 
being around at like this volume of people that know surfing really well, whether it's good surfers or good board builders or kind of this area, a lot of people know surfing really well. And then being able to surf every day of the year is definitely what brought me here. When you, when you look at surfing, how do you, how do you understand what surfing is? is? Is probably a better way to say it. And that's an obscure question, but what comes to mind when I say that? Because We'll just answer, and I'll, I'll I'll let you know why I ask that after I listen to your response, if you have one. Yeah, well, I think it's definitely warped over the years. I mean, I started surfing pretty young, I'd say, and like then surfing is, well, it, it's riding waves, and so then I think I had this idea of surfing as like what is the most popular idea of surfing, and the more I've surfed, the more I realize like it's a lot simpler than that and um i don't know in the purest form it's just riding waves and kind of getting in the ocean and feeling the energy and kind of like responding to what the ocean is giving you so that's taken on like now i almost body surf as much as i ride surfboards just because that is like a really pure feeling of surfing but yeah surfing is just feeling the ocean and responding to it and then i feel like what makes us all surfers is just the ways that we kind of group together in doing that or how we all kind of see it the same and differently so what what would be the impetus on becoming a better surfer then how do you frame that in your mind because i can see you working on your surfing what what makes tomorrow's surf better from today's memory knowledge and uh, frustrations yeah there's a i mean for you kind of all encompassing okay Um, but yeah for me like like i'll i'll get into where you know like i want to rip harder and you can try and like work on your form whatever but then at the end of the day what really makes me have like a better session or a worse session is just like how connected can I be with the ocean and how in the moment can I be where I'm just reacting quickly to what's in front of me or almost instinctively to what's in front of me and I'm like phasing out the rest of kind of any outside thoughts or I mean yeah it seems like almost what what makes me progress now is just like uh, getting in the right headspace and being in the right place and then all that muscle memory comes in too and you have to you know, gain that over years and you're still gaining it years and years later, but it's almost more important, I'd say, to be in the right place, uh, mentally to be improving as a surfer, as much as the physicality of like, I don't know, training or even watching good surfers. That is like a, something that I still am like, you know, studying, watching really good surfing and then also being in good waves is something that would really help you. And also being in a variation of waves because like there are definitely guys from the North Shore that can surf really good waves really well. And like I wouldn't say are even the best surfers. They just kind of like understand that really crazy powerful wave or, you know, group of reefs that are by them. And they kind of don't like focus on surfing outside of that little zone. So I'd say that's how. Yeah, I, th- I think your comments of, of approaching things uh, mentally 
first is is so profound and the question then leads is do you mentally prepare before you go surfing as you're entering the water and, and obviously it's it's a, a, co a complex fusion of all these things but is that something you really like um you don't come across as the person who psychs yourself up with music on the way to the beach but maybe you are but is that something before you this anticipatory stoke or is it something that as as you're entering the water you're resetting or you paddling out resetting and and so that's number one and the second part is when you feel you're mentally off how do you within the water readjust that's a, a great question so i will say um i definitely w was the kind of guy to get psyched up in the car with a, a certain playlist and just there was a while where like uh, like even, especially in the thruster area where I would listen to motorhead and just want to go fast and, you know, just be flying and ripping and doing all that kind of thing. And now the past year, actually, I've listened to a lot of like Nigerian, like funk and jazz music. And that I feel like gets you really in rhythm with like, um, I guess like motorhead, the tempo of that music, like heavy metal, really fast music is unrealistic to surf to like you can't really be cranking out turns like as fast as you're kind of processing that music I guess so then uh like a lot of music I listen to now is like a lot slower rhythms and uh I don't even know if that makes sense but basically I've had to kind of slow myself down to surf good because sometimes I would over psych myself and you're amping on this level that the ocean is not moving at the same speed as and your surfboard is not moving at the same speed as. So I definitely was the kind of guy to psych myself up to music. Uh, but now I definitely, it's not like I get in the car and have a routine and a playlist and like I, or it's even very essential that I do. I definitely will go surf without listening to music uh, probably more often than not now. And it's, it's definitely a headspace like in big waves i would do breathing exercises or yoga on the beach before paddling out just to really slow my mind down and keep myself in a really present moment as opposed to thinking about much else um or come to like i don't know sometimes i'll be really stressed about an outside of surfing thing and i can't really shake it in the water and that really like will put a negative effect on my session. So I'm still kind of perfecting that for sure on how to fix it in the water. But there's a lot of things you got to do to get psyched, I would say. And, and it really is all encompassing and not just music, but you kind of have to have a good life balance, a good work balance, uh, good relationships surrounding you and a really inspired mentality helps too. Like whether it's watching you know your favorite surfers and they just put out a new video that has you really inspired or whatever that will bring me to a good mind space or sometimes i would i would literally watch like f like figure skating or tennis or something and that got me really inspired to kind of push myself to my limits in the water so that's another thing i would say that gets me in the zone is people who are pushing themselves to their fullest uh outside of your discipline is also a really good f like fuel for you inside of your own discipline, whatever it may be. And then for adjusting it in the water, I would say the only thing I can really do is is just slow down and uh, 
like right away really simply. Like I feel like if I can ride a wave to the beach and kick out and just feel like almost like I made no mistakes, but I maybe didn't rip really hard. Like I just didn't really have an objective on the wave. I just wanted to be in touch with the wave, have your timing right, be in the pocket, you know, like just kind of those simple things that no one would consider like top-notch surfing, but where you're just really connected and you maybe don't do something that cool, but you just feel like you're not doing anything wrong at the same time and you're just in the wave you do that once or twice in a session and I feel like that really ups your mental game to rip a lot harder or maybe it's just go body surfing or you know whatever just swim underwater and look at the sky or hold your breath or what anything really yeah slowing down you don't come up with those answers without having done them so I know you're doing them <laughs> that's really cool so when I listened to your comment on that, you've brought it up a few times. You you uh, purposely slowing yourself down, which is a, a great observation. And I think most people surf too frantically, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So the question now is, um, and, and and this is this is more of a an exercise, a mental exercise. Um, how far in front of you are you looking when you surf? I mean, obviously you're dealing with the section that's at hand, but um, yeah, I don't want to lead the question, but like what comes to mind with like how far ahead of yourself are you surfing? Clearly you're trying to slow yourself down, which means you're trying to be more present in the moment and in the pocket and you definitely do only pocket ride, which is amazing. What's your thought on that? Um, What are you thinking? Like like I said, there are a lot of of outside of surfing stressors that I – will carry into the water and it's like I almost feel like I have to check my phone in the water or something ridiculous because I'm like worried about what this person has to say or um, an email or something kind of like that and that'll that'll just take your mind outside of surfing and then I feel like when your mind's outside of surfing how are you gonna time a wave right anyways or um, um, but in the I feel like a really big one or the main one would be preconceived notions of how you want your session to go or how you want the next wave to go or like comparing your wave selection to someone who just happens to be on all the waves of the day and you're kind of like, how do I do that? And I, I get impatient definitely and just kind of froth out on small waves or miss the wave of the day or like the, there's definitely a multitude of things that'll take your mind outside of the moment, but I feel like it's a, it's mainly expectations on what you're going to do or what the ocean's going to give you or what's coming next. I mean, yeah, I feel like it's just really easy to, to think about what something should be like or what you should get after something or, you know, how something should feel after you do it instead of just thinking about doing it mm. and then physically in the water like on the wave how far down the line are you looking oh. it, like a physical question I think I well I definitely I'll have waves where I'm looking too far and waves where I guess that you're never really looking too close if I think about it that way oh, so I should probably probably work on thinking closer but um, I think a lot of times I'll even outrun the pocket because I think I see a really good carve section and then I'm going slow on the shoulder of the wave 
And I'm like, why didn't I just go right into it and like hit that really hard or down carve really far down with a ton of speed because I was scared that I was going to fall and blow the wave. So I feel like the fear of blowing a wave will put me out of, or like almost will make me look further past the, the proper section because I want to keep going to the next section or I'm definitely not a master of airs, but I think a lot of people, myself included, would see a closeout section and pump to a closeout section, pumping to gain speed to blast as high as they could. When in reality, if you just stalled in the pocket or did the air in the pocket and forgot about the closeout section, you'd be going a lot faster when you got to the closeout section than if you pump like you think Felipe Toledo pumps down the face of the wave into the flat spot and then hit the section with like not very much speed. So I think uh, I definitely have struggled with what I want to finish the wave on, like what I want to finish the wave as, or even like coming down from a turn and I'm already thinking about, oh, well, I don't want to push too hard because I want to be going fast enough in the next turn that I make the section. So don't like fully rotate or don't do this in this turn. So I guess, yeah, anytime you're thinking about what is next after the turn that you're about to do, instead of just thinking about the turn that you're about to do, you're probably in the wrong. I've also noticed too, if I surf a really challenging barreling wave, like something there's definitely a lot of point breaks that break behind the rocks where it barrels and then mushes out past the rocks, you know? And so you often get a lot of backwash right at the takeoff, like say sand spit or bara or kind of all those types of waves that are like barrels, but there's like a big set of rocks that is really where the best barrel is. And you want to take off super deep to get the best tube. If you focus on just making the backwash, you're almost guaranteed to come out of the tube in my experience. But if I think about making the tube, I'll probably fall on the backwash. So it's almost like setting up the small things or the first things, then your whole wave is pretty much set up and you're usually in rhythm. So if you set the first things up on a waist high wave, that's, um, let's call it a mushy wave or a low setting at a wave pool. What's the first, what's, what's to you paramount first things in your surfing? I would answer them for you watching you surf. I'm interested in what you're going to say. <laughs> I, I would also like to hear what you say, but I say, um, and especially longboarding or just riding bigger boards has taught me changing your positioning is so important. Like where maybe I'll see a wave from like 50 yards away on a longboard and I can see the exact place where it's going to peak up and break. Um, and just like, obviously you're fading a lot on a longboard and you're really kind of almost surfing the wave before you stand up, you're positioning yourself. And so even on a shorter board, it's really important to like, and you don't have to do a big like classic 70s fade on every wave, but to change your positioning through paddling or just through like taking off late or taking off looking at the bottom of the wave instead of taking off looking at the shoulder of the wave. So almost look down at your nose or look to the left of a wave that's a right and just like look at the section of it and then set that up is a big thing I would say. And body surfing also teaches you just that. I feel like body surfing is a theme for uh, regular surfing almost. But um, 
So once you, you're, you're re-paddling, you're repositioning, and you're not spazzing out either. You're paddling like slow and with rhythm, not scratching for your life, like, you know, at a cleanup set. But once you're doing that, and then it definitely is important where you look, if you look to the bottom of the wave, and I've also found if I pump at right at the takeoff, because I see a section down the line, uh, I'll often mistime the turn. So if I just bottom turn and I go right into the first turn without a pump, you'll usually set yourself up perfectly to be in the pocket and surf in the pocket. So it really is just slowing down and taking each section at a time because whatever is next, it'll probably flow. The whole wave is flowing, your board is flowing. You'll probably flow if you're just focusing on what's happening right now in the here and now. When you say body surfing, are you body surfing body surfable waves, meaning fun shore, hollow, shore break, hollow waves, or are you body surfing any wave? Uh, well, I lifeguard here in Laguna Beach, so I surf a, body surf a lot of uh, shore breaky waves definitely at work. And I think that like lifeguarding has definitely made me a better surfer in the fact that I'm just in the ocean all the time mapping out where each current is going to pull out and where each wave is going to break and so on and so forth. So having to do that as my job, I definitely pay a lot more attention to body surfing. But um, so I spend a lot of time at these weird wedges in Laguna where it's a short hollow wave and it is often makeable because it's kind of got this wedge. And then I also will surf without a leash at a mushy kind of reef break and lose my board and then I'm body surfing on like a barely breaking wave and I got to really adjust my chest to flow in the wave where like I gotta I gotta adjust the rocker of my own surfboard to make the section as opposed to like a shore break wave where it's just going to push me in no matter what um so I I definitely break it up on which waves I body surf I often find it's more fun to body surf wave that's not just a shore break because you're only getting a one second ride at that point and it's it's really fun to kind of try and add length of ride but yeah you can't really body surf on a wave that's really fast because it's hard to hold speed what is your comment to um and this is ties back to you saying that you ride a large variety of boards and it's definitely variety in length but in variety in general what what is um Growing up, was that always the goal, is to ride and surf everything well within the design, or is that something you've learned? And what would your advice be to people in terms of the variety of boards? Because you've seemed proficient, or you clearly are proficient on all lengths in a variety of wave types and sizes, but what's your comment on to, on the variety of craft in, in, in where we are in surfing right now? I think uh, there's so much to learn, that's for sure. I know especially older surfers will tell me, oh, you know, if I ride a different board, I, I can't really figure it out. Like I like to have one good board or one good wave board and one bad wave board and that's my jam. And if I try and ride too many boards, it confuses me. And I mean, I can't speak to that because I'm not an adult yet, but I think the more you can ride, you'll take something new from every board you ride and you'll learn so much from it. Uh, and I didn't have a lot of access to that at all in South Carolina, and I didn't really think that was my end goal, or I didn't really map it out to be that way. Uh, I'll definitely say, like, 
Ryan Birch was a guy that really inspired me uh, video-wise, even when I lived in South Carolina. But I didn't necessarily see that and think like, oh, I want to ride ASIMs in it and every length and a 6.6 six, and then a 5.4 and then a 7.6 and then an 8 something and also be good at logging. Um, I didn't even longboard at all until I had moved out here. So I, I don't know if that was ever my, my or I definitely know from the start that wasn't my end goal and aspiration, but I think also having limited access to good waves, I had to mix it up to keep having fun and I would take the fins out of my board so I could go kind of like spin around and go fast or get the thrill of going fast in a wave that's really not it wouldn't seem that fast if you're standing up and you have all the control in the world. So I think that just taught me to mix it up and have variation from an early age. And I think anybody that's surfing should mix it up just because, well, across anything, variety improves. Like there's not really any aspect of life where it's good to be super single-minded, closed-minded and only do one thing. So I think Regardless of the discipline, you should be open to new ideas and trying new things and learning from everything that you do. And in my experience, the more surfboards I've ridden, the more I've learned, the better I've gotten uh, across any discipline of surfing. So not even just like, oh, well, I started longboarding, so now I'm better at surfing because I'm also a good longboarder. But taking that positioning from longboarding and applying it to shortboarding or taking that wave knowledge that you need to kind of keep speed on a single fin that won't necessarily hold speed through a turn, you can take that to a thruster or a twin fin. So I think really there's only lessons to be learned from trying new things. And that's been like integral to me learning and growing. Cause I don't really think I was, I mean, I definitely wasn't that good when I just rode thrusters. Like I wasn't winning contests. I wasn't sponsored. I wasn't anything. So I don't think it would be beneficial to just be single-minded at all or do one thing. So were you having fun when you weren't any good in your woods? I definitely was. I mean, I, I loved it and I was spending all day in the water and I didn't, yeah, I mean, I was having tons of fun and I think mixing it up just added more fun to me where on the, days when the waves weren't so good, it was a lot more difficult to have a great session on a thruster, you know, like I just, I couldn't have my best session every day of the year because what you dream about doing on those kind of boards is, I mean, I don't want to say not possible, but really, really difficult to do in a bad wave or a wave that's not going to push you really hard. So I think that just kind of let me, uh, like trying new boards, let me look at waves that I wouldn't be as psyched on in new ways and kind of get like to where it felt like I was doing my best surfing in a wave that I would definitely not consider my best wave. You know, like I could surf waves that were almost not good or, you know, depending on what you're riding bad, but I could have the session of my life out there no matter where I was, because this was after even moving from South Carolina. So in San Clemente too, we're still experiencing like bad waves frequently. If you want to just, you know, get a stand up tube every day, which is hard to do. So what, what are you looking for in, in, um, 
let's let's load this question with the the obvious statement of you enjoy the variety and you're competent on these um, various crafts when a board comes into your life though what are you hoping it does what are you looking for in in a surfboard um and you can you can nail it down to within a size range if you want but what what are the integral parts and let's use the sensations of those boards as the adjectives or the descriptors what do you want in a board that that you like well i'll say when i'm talking with ashen or whoever's shaping right now i'm looking for a board that can hold on rail for a really long time and just feel like I do like the longest turns of my life or just where I feel like I'm never flat footed. I'm either on my toes or my heels and gaining speed from switching from toe to heel. And therefore with each turn, I go faster in a fluid motion. That is definitely what I strive for in a board. If I'm, you know, talking about design or what I want, that's always at the forefront of my mind. And then with size, all that changes like, where I'll change the rockers because I want a board that can cross step or, you know, I'll add a beak nose because I think it wants to paddle better, whatever it is. So I think when it comes down to like what I want for most boards, that is what I choose. And then I think it's important to not want too much from boards either because there's a lot of lessons to be learned if you don't have a preconceived notion of what's good. And so a lot of boards, I would say, I like when they teach me things that I didn't really expect going into it, where, you know, maybe I pull something from it that I just didn't even know about before. How many, um, working with Ashton, how many of the same board are you working on, like iterations and subtle adjustments? Is that something that's, um, I bring this up because you're, to, in, with, with relation to those comments you just made, like, noticing the subtle differences from one board to another is pretty part part of learning together but it's also um how many times are you guys doing that going through multiple iterations of one design we definitely i mean because i ride so much uh different sizes i never really order the same board over and over again because i'm i'm thinking about the next place i'm gonna go and what size is gonna work best in that kind of wave uh, so I definitely don't order the same model over and over and over again, but I do get more than one in the spirit of time, as long as it's a good one, you know, some, some, we just say, okay, that didn't work. But, um, we've definitely learned like at him knowing me, like having a profile of me, knowing that like, this is where a really good surfer shaper relationship comes in handy. He'll change the thinness in the tail or the thickness specifically for me because we've had experiences where whether it be on the same model of board or whether it's on a different model of board I'm never really loving the ones that maybe have a thicker tail or he kind of obviously would know kind of what's better technically for me or what I've turned around and said this is not so good um but we definitely profile wide wise like work on refining the small things to where like i only want like this certain thickness in the tail or i only want kind of like i'll have my fins a little further back or we just with each board we're adjusting those things regardless of if it's the same model but then when we do hit a magic board where we're like wow this works really good and we want 
let's make like something really similar so it keeps working then that's when you obviously you adjust the really really small details on like okay let's just pull you know the heel side rail in like a quarter of an inch and try that or like I feel, I feel like we only adjust those really small things on the really good boards and then I feel like I'm definitely his biggest guinea pig in terms of experiments so he is always giving me like a different model each time almost it seems like we're not really working on the same model too much when was the last time that you got a board that at first um surf maybe wasn't a favorite or a winner that you stayed with and turned into something good or is that not happened or do you generally find you can feel if it's a good one from the get-go i think i definitely would not say i'm the most reliable on picking a good one right from the start um, we're trying something new right now where we actually will journal our expectations of the board before it's shaped, our expectations after it's glassed and we feel it and it's ready to surf, and then kind of like a performance review from the first session to five sessions in to a few weeks in. And what, what I decide is like, oh, I didn't really like this, maybe at the beginning, totally changes. Like I, I'd say I definitely boards grow on me pretty often and uh, I mean the first one that comes to mind which is definitely not the most recent one but was my first self shape uh, I did have a good session on it right from the beginning but I knew it wasn't a good board and I surfed it most days for a few months like a, a whole summer at least and I still have it and will ride it occasionally and learning how to surf to that board taught me a lot and so that also gave me the lesson of like, don't write a board off, learn how to surf that board because you might just be, you're probably doing something wrong and it was built to surf a certain way. And especially when you're working with high caliber shapers pretty often, it's like, they're not really making plugs. They're just, if it doesn't work, you're probably doing something weird. So, um, I'd say definitely, I don't write boards off from the beginning. And then I feel like recently a few boards that have changed my mind, where I was like, oh, not so good, or that's tough. There was a short board that we, so he had a, he made me a 5.6, he calls it the second breakfast, and it's kind of the most thrustery looking one, definitely because it has three fins, it's a twin quad, but also the nose and the whole outline looks pretty thrustery. And I wasn't that psyched on my 5.6. I think I would surf it. I thought it worked good if I wanted to try airs, which I do maybe 10 a year. So I wouldn't ride it very often. And I thought I'd only surf it at like closeout beach break and kind of like I, I kept the board, but I would just put it on the racks and then take it out only when I wanted to do something that I guess isn't even really how I surf. And then we made another version of the same board but we stretched it out two inches longer, changed a little bit the rocker and changed the overall thickness of the board um, through the nose and the tail and the center point. And then that one really grew on me, like felt like just like I could do whatever I wanted. The board was attached to my feet. Um, and then definitely with writing like Corey Colpento's boards, uh, there's a few where I thought he was crazy at first when I wrote them, like one with a scooped out nose, like a George Greeno um, kneeboard design, but only on the nose. And I thought it was super weird. And it kind of like, 
holds a bunch of water when you paddle, so it wants to nosedive and it's really heavy. But once the water flies out, it is a really cool feeling. Or there's a few where he literally made it like one and three quarters of an inch thick and he would put thruster fins in the twin boxes. So you're riding with two thruster fins and a twin fin, which obviously they have like a lot of cant and they're small. So you wouldn't think that would work. And I slipped out on quite a few waves where I was like, this guy is tripping. Like, why is he doing this? Why is he purposely sliding out? Like, I can't hold my board, especially because you'd make the board like 23 inches wide. So you would think you'd need a lot of fin to hold a tail that's that wide. But over time and trying to simplify my surfing on those boards, they give you a lot of freedom where a really flat, wide eight foot board you would not feel free in most people's minds. Like that's gonna be really like, like it'll paddle good, but it'll be slow to turn and like slow to do much else where if you just kind of refine your surfing to it, we could do like really tight turns in the pocket and not lose the fins and kind of like, you could even hold a nose right on it somehow. So those boards, I definitely experienced like where I thought they were unsurfable. And if I just kind of spent some time on it, they ended up being magic. When we like thinking about this project with Ashton, um, when you think about this year to date, here we are sitting, it's uh, December 3rd today, I think. Um, it's hard to remember how long ago January was. <laughs> what we were doing right but if you could um to your best uh, memory think of this year and the i mean i'm guessing you get, you've had what 15 boards from him this year maybe more i don't know um those boards this year what what do you think are the things that have changed for for him and his shaping i'm not, I'm not asking you to answer for him I'm, I'm i'm asking you to comment on the things that you've noticed in his board design his board his board um maybe shaping approach, obviously working on things together, but are there things that bubble to your memory when you think of this year and his boards? I think they have changed a lot. Um, I'll set the scene for last year was the first winter that I rode for Ashton. And so, oh, that's right. yeah, it was the first time going to Hawaii with his boards. And uh, while I love all those boards and I still have a few of them, I had a lot more hiccups last year. Uh, than I do this year and I've ridden I haven't been to Hawaii yet this season but I've gone to Portugal surf solid waves and I've surfed waves that are definitely a little comparable on his new boards and I'm actually getting a new pack from for like next week for Hawaii so those will be like the second iteration of the revised version of the first year I guess so it'll be it's almost like a few stages since then it's not just one winter quiver to the next um i we've figured out a lot what works for me all around like i think i had really good moments on his boards the first year but i would have waves that just felt hard or like i was like i kind of think a board works but i was it was like it only works if it's this conditions and i feel like this year we've really got the good parts out of those boards and managed to kind of like have less hiccups on the waves that aren't so perfect. I think that's what was happening last year is we just, I'd have boards that had hiccups for sure, 
And so I'd be like, oh, I love this board ash. And like, I got like, I did one of my favorite turns I've ever done on it, but I also fell on the takeoff like three times today, you know? Uh, and this year, I think all of my boards are really like, they really just feel like where I want to be on a wave all the time. And they don't feel like I have to think about them or really I could break one of them and have like the other ones kind of compensate for that hole in my quiver versus last year. If I broke one, I, I definitely had a big hole. And last year we kind of went about it way different. I brought a 5.4, a 5.6, a 5.10, a 6.10, and a 9.6 to Hawaii. And that was what I did all year. And if you compare that to anyone else's Hawaii quiver, that's definitely skewed on the small boards and then one huge board. This year we're doing, um, well, I have a 5.4 still, but then 5.10, 6.0, 6.4, 6.6, And then I still have... Um, the 9.6 from last year and a new 8.10. So we're definitely more diversified this year. We definitely have more in the mid range where last year was like, I was either overgunned or undergunned. This year we're kind of like hoping like the boards can work in a, like every wave hopefully and just like not really having like a big wave board or a small wave board, but like a board that will handle Hawaii most days. Um, and so like the, the mid six range is definitely somewhere we saw improvement versus last year was just like this board will work when it's like small Rockies and this board will work at sunset. Uh, and then another improvement is rocker wise. I feel like we, I had boards that were like high performance and boards that were not high performance out in Hawaii last year. Like. My biggest wave board was, was great, but it wouldn't fit into the curve of some waves. And so this year, I think the boards fit into the curve of the, the waves over there a lot better. Um, it kind of just should be like a mid ground between too much rocker where you're just pushing water and then like just hopefully fitting into the waves is our goal. But then him knowing me as a surfer a lot better this year will definitely transfer over to Hawaii where the boards just feel really comfortable to me. Do you ride other boards when you're in Hawaii? I mean, let's say you pull up to Rocky Point, your board's not feeling X, or is this in hindsight now you're looking back over your season there thinking, wow, that didn't really feel a certain way and you're coming back with feedback or do you sit at Rocky Point going, man, I wish I could just borrow a Pizel and go and feel what this feels like because I see everybody else doing X. Uh, I would say I definitely, well, I never rode a Pizel last year and I have had a, a great shortboard for him, like from him, like five years ago, not made for me or anything, just picked it up at a shop, but, uh, it was a great board, but I mean, I never was struggling enough last year to really think like, oh, I got to change my board. I just kind of thought, oh, maybe, maybe this board, like maybe twin fins don't really work when it's like this windy or maybe this wave is too bumpy. Like Haleiwa in particular is pretty bumpy. And I was like, meh, maybe I just needed a different board to surf Haleiwa. And it did, it wouldn't happen enough to where I was like, you know what, I gotta get a different board. I gotta jump off this. Uh, so I stuck on him pretty much and I would trade with friends, kind of like trade during a session, but I never really wanted to like just paddle out on a different board. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I, I, what comes to mind is like, 
I appreciate your guys' relationship in that he's growing as a designer and craftsman and board builder, shaper, and and you growing with your natural ability and surf understanding and technical surf ability. So it's it's like, is it worth growing together or is it worth doing whatever you can to be on the best boards for the best wave of your life? Or, and it's always both and, right? But there seems to be value to um, walk in a path together because even the misses that he might hand over teach you something that you won't have to learn one day. It's the only way I can make sense of it in my mind. It's like, this board didn't quite work. If I was on a better board, I would have had a better session. But I wouldn't know the things that this thing taught me. And you have to learn them on the perfect canvas, right? Perfect meaning I'm in a way that the cameras are rolling and I kind of want to do my best surfing, right? Does that make sense? Because I'm trying to understand how people listening to this, hopefully many shapers, well, I know so because of the feedback and it's not designed for shapers. This is inspiration to walk along somebody's path within your own lives and share experience and time together as you develop and grow within your own path, your own lane. Um, but I'm thinking about other people working with um, talented surfers, whether they're team riders or friends or um, children, <laughs> right? Like, is it worth, I don't want to say religiously, only riding somebody's boards, but is it worth just committing to certain things for at least an extended time so that you both learn together? And the reason I think it's so interesting because that's happening, but... I just think of anybody else ordering a board going to Hawaii right now from Ashton. Well, you've shortcut the circuit for them. Yeah. Which is really cool, right? That is cool. Because he, yeah, he was, I mean, one of the main reasons he was psyched on making boards for me is because he didn't know anybody else that wanted to just go to Hawaii with only twin fins. He was like, dude, what? You're going to surf Sunset and you only want twin fins? Like, let, I, that's what I want to shape for. Like, let's do this. And so... I feel like definitely uh, we've learned a lot together in, in what we need for those waves. And he, that's where he wants to push his shaping. So I feel like, yeah, we're definitely making the mistakes and learning from them so other people don't have to. And that's great. And I feel like we're learning at such a good rate, like a, a fast rate that it's easy to get over the hiccups quickly. Um, and it's definitely back to what you're saying about what is it worth the commitment of like, staying through all that you do have to allot time to something because nothing is going to work perfectly every time and you just have to learn lessons like you can't shortcut that you have to learn so i guess as long as you can learn from something and if you feel like you've learned everything and it's still not working yeah try a new board and i'd i'm definitely definitely uh on the side of try different boards too like if my board from Ashton wasn't working and I tried another board that was, that could only benefit me and Ashton and what we take from that. So I'm not necessarily saying jump ship, like take what is giving you a hard time, work through it, think about why it's giving you a hard time. But if you have an opportunity to learn from something that might be further on down the road of making those same mistakes, try and learn from it. Like I said earlier, like, the more uh, open-minded you are and the more different viewpoints you'll be exposed to, the more you can learn from. Like the higher the pool is of thoughts that you can take, 
the more thoughts you're exposed to, the more of a selection you can have of the very best. So uh, I would say, well, if you have, like if you're in my shoes, exactly, and you have a great surfer-shaper relationship and you might have a board that's not so great, I would say definitely don't jump ship, but do try something new and talk, be open with your shaper about that and talk through what wasn't working and what was different about the board that was working or maybe you just saw someone surfing the way you want to surf and talk about you know what you felt like you were doing and what you think you want to be doing instead but you you both have to be willing to try things outside of your two mindsets in order to have new ideas and create better ideas um but stick with like learning those ideas together you know i guess make sure you're learning those ideas and make sure you're learning them together make sure you're not learning that on your own or jumping away from any problem because you think somebody else has a better idea learn those ideas work through those hard times and try and put your minds together and come up with what will take you out of it what lesson you're going to learn from it or how to fix it so that's what i would say when when you talk about watching other people surf and learning something from them i can't imagine that you looking at one surfer and trying to emulate them at this point in your life when i watch you surf but i could cherry pick a few people who you surf similar to but only at certain parts on the wave which is such a compliment because i feel like you've um (laughs) you've got a jimmy brand of surfing like i could see people trying to well i know people trying to emulate the way you surf which is I hope the highest compliment and I'm paying it to you, but um, who who would be people that you could pick parts out of and, and mention them if they come to mind, but like which parts of who's surfing are you trying to um, either bring into or develop or polish up within your own surf? Yeah. And, and maybe answer this specifically for the commitment that you are having two twin fins. So maybe answer it in a way that it's like i mean basically i'm fascinated like are you watching people riding twin fins or are you just watching surfing and then wanting to do them on a board that you like to do it which is a twin fin uh-huh. um that's a good question from the i'm in the headspace of hawaii last winter so there wasn't a lot of guys on twin fins that i was really watching and being like that's what i want to do one does come to mind jamie sterling uh he's gnarly and he was riding Richie Collins twin fins at, I would see him a lot at Sunset and a few of the outer reefs. And he was ripping on them. Like some of the best surfing I've seen at Sunset where he's just top to bottom. There's no skidding or like anything. He's holding his edge the whole way and he's flying. And so he inspired me a ton. And I, would, I was definitely like, I want to do that. But he's a goofy footer. So I kind of had to adapt the lines of what I can do on the same waves. Um, but then... You're also exposed to so many guys off twin fins. Like he's the only one I could really think of on twin fins. Um, also Kobe Hughes. I don't know if you know him. He's, I think he's Ryan Birch's nephew or something, but he's a San Diego guy and he rides a lot of Ryan Birch boards, but he rips like ASIMs and he's just a really good surfer, like good style, but just shortboarding, like solid, good surfing. He's probably like one of the other only guys that I would say is doing it. Uh, but then I would see like outside of the twin fin spectrum, like I would see obviously John John, who's just going so fast, holding an edge in such a steep part of the wave, 
like mind-blowing stuff but then Ethan Ewing would really inspire me because he's so fluid even though he's on a thruster like so fluid carrying so much speed from his turns that would trip me out and then like Alan Cleland he's also kind of open-minded in surfboards um but also rips on a thruster mainly and he was just like doing some surfing that would blow my mind so I would definitely take a lot of surfing in person that was on thrusters and try and do that on a way different board but then like Bryce Young Ryan Birch or Kobe Hughes or like basically any of Jack Coleman's videos too were like where I would draw really big inspiration on like okay these guys are riding like similar boards with a really high performance but they are maybe twin quads or maybe they're just twins or they're just different than thrusters but they're really high performance and I would definitely see that and be like man I wish I could just like I wish I could just bottom turn forever like them and then release my tail like at the snap of a finger like they do so I'd, I would take some from them but I think just because surfing is done so much not on a twin fin I obviously am taking a ton from guys on thrusters and trying to emulate that and then over the span of my entire you know loving surfing like guys that inspired me the most I mean Dane Gadowskis, who you know really well, is a super big inspiration for me as who he is as a person, but also the way he surfs. Like, he, on any board he rides, is super fluid, super connected, and he's not really, like, pushing, or he doesn't look like he's uh, pumping that hard or pushing that hard, but then he's doing crazy big power turns or flying through, like, just really, like, connected lines where he's just, he seems like he gets speed from nowhere. Uh, and has the power just in like with him always even if it looks like he's not really trying that hard he'll just lay into a turn that's huge Mason Ho really inspired me just because of and he is like only thruster guy like riding these boards that are pretty conventional but riding waves and riding in a different way that is so unconventional he definitely inspired me like thinking about even just doing like a chop hop 360 into a barrel I was like nobody has done that ever anywhere so he would inspire me but I would say I don't know if I surf like him at all <laughs> but just him seeing the path that he goes on and the waves he does it on is really inspiring um but I would I try and take something from every surfer I see like whether they're good and you know they're in every video you see or if you just see this guy at uppers who's like maybe not even that good but he just does something kind of like whoa I, that's kind of cool for I didn't think he could do that with you know that little speed on that wave when he wasn't surfing that good or I don't know how he did that um so the list is endless on who inspired me and cool. where I take my influence from like it's it's everybody the question then begs to be asked why not just ride a thruster? Well, I, I mean, I did for many years and I had some good waves on thrusters for sure, but I never really unlocked my best surfing on a thruster. Like I, I definitely am doing my best surfing now on boards outside of thrusters and I'm doing it on a bigger range of waves, which is so important as someone who doesn't have a wave pool, you know, you're surfing different waves all the time. You need boards that are meant for those waves. And I just never really felt like I did my best surfing on a thruster. As soon as I got my first fish, I was like, 
the carves that I'm doing out here are way sicker. Like I'm going so much faster through these turns. Like why, why was I riding thruster for so long? I definitely think that. And after so many, like, I mean, I've been riding Ashen's boards for a year and a half, almost two years. And before that I was riding for album for around a year, a little more, I think. And before that I had a few fishes, but nothing really experimental. And so it's been a while since I have stepped away from thrusters and I still have one at my house and I still think about like, oh, like maybe I should go back or maybe I should, maybe this is all, maybe I'm just caught up in all this like alternative like weirdness and like maybe I should just jump back on one. And every time I have, I just feel like I'm dragging anchor. Like they just, they paddle differently. The thing just sits differently. They carry speed way differently, which is my biggest thing is just like I want to be able to gain speed from off the bottom off the top off the bottom off the top that's kind of the only way I want to be moving on a wave and that's the only way I want to be generating my speed and I just hadn't had much success with that on a thruster and yeah I feel like I get that question a lot when I'm traveling or surfing bigger waves than I encounter in Southern California and people are like oh like why why ASIM why this and that and it's like to me, it's just like, well, this is what I'm doing the best surfing on. This is what is allowing me to have the most fun in the water. So there's no other reason, I guess. I love that. I, I love that you know what works for you, which means nothing to anyone else because it's your surfing. However, what's most interesting is your vision of what you want to do top to bottom, rail to rail committed calves holding rail for as long as possible is I, that was the first thing you said well, one of the first things in this conversation I don't think most people know what they want to do in their surfing so this is a comment to someone listening like what do you want to do in your surfing yeah. and then are your boards letting you do that I'm pretty convinced I could give you any board and watch you uh, gotta be careful with my words here I wanted to say watch you try and do your flavor of surfing that brings you joy on them and you do it because you're a proficient surfer my point is what do you want to do and what's getting in the way or letting you do it and it's once you just stay committed to that you will start doing better surfing than you have before and that's why why make a change in fact it's a harder path because you can't just walk into a shop and pick up whatever twin fin you're looking for now so it's, it's kind of an awkward place you found yourself but it's very progressive it definitely is i think about that too where I mean, I, I just on a recent trip actually broke, the airline broke one of my boards and then I single-handedly broke three more and had no boards for the rest of the trip. And I was still there for like a week and it was firing. And I was like, what do I do? I, like if I would be bummed out on any of these boards that I just picked up from a shop and I borrowed a few boards from surfers that were also there. And I had good sessions on all of them, but I never had, and even though the waves were firing, I never had my best session. And it, it is kind of tough because it's like, wow, I can't just get the best board. Like I actually have to put years of learning and a relationship with a shaper or years of watching and stuff to get the best board. And it, it's a hard route to get a board that works for you. And there's really, there's no answer for everybody. Everybody has to kind of come to that conclusion on their own. So, so what did you do in that situation? Did you paddle out on a board that you, after full waves, you go, okay, 
I know I'm, I'm painting the picture for you. Tell me if I'm wrong, but you paddle out about four waves. You're like, okay, well, it's not letting me do what I'm used to knowing I can do. Do you then adjust or just do the best version of what you're able to do? Or do you go, well, this board's letting me do this, so I'm going to do that because at least it'll look better or feel more decent or it's faster. What was the narrative in your mind and how did you make the changes? Uh, I definitely tried to surf to the board's strong suit uh, and it will definitely put you in an uncomfortable situation. And you can only go so far outside of what your strong suit is. Like even me surfing a board how if it won't let me surf the way I want it to, surfing a board how it's meant to be, I can only stray so far away from what looks like me surfing, you know? So eventually you can't change yourself too much, but I definitely just try and take it as a unique opportunity of like, well, I'm never gonna be out here on this board in these waves again. Like what is the level that I can take this thing to and try and like step back and just let the board kind of show you where is the best surfing because you're going to have to revisualize what you think the best surfing is and maybe you, you definitely have to write off the session as you know like let's say you're filming you, you have to write it off as like oh i'm gonna like score this session it's gonna be the session of the trip you have to step back from that and you have to just think okay what can i do what can i learn what can i take from or what can i do on this board today that i'll probably never do again or like what is its strong suit and really try and lean into that uh choose one of these i ride the wave or i ride the board i definitely ride the wave and i adjust adjust the board to the best way i can fit it in because i think i mean if you're riding just the board you're going to need a wave pool, <laughs> you know? Like, have you ever had a wave pool? I never have, actually. I thought about it because I just drove cross country from South Carolina. Um, and we're, you know, Waco's not too far from the middle of the highway. But I, I didn't really, I don't know. I figured I'd rather just get home and surf here. There you go. Um, I, I was thinking about the way we surf and what's important in terms of working on this project with Ashton and hopefully you're working on something creative in your life and everything's creative but what I mean by something creative like this concept of um, linking arms and walking a path with somebody um, perhaps the easy and it, it is actually just dawning on me right now is the, the perhaps the easiest place to apply this if there were if this concept were franchisable this mentorship idea or this linking arms and walking apart together, perhaps the easiest place to transpose this would be just to surf with somebody for a year. Like That's to, a great place to start. Because I, th the reason it came to mind actually was because Ashton and I, we, we committed to get together weekly. And so I've written, I've actually written a lot of, well, a lot of your boards, but then a lot of boards that were his that you wrote. And, and you know, there, there's been a lot of overlap, maybe 10 this year, that come to mind and I was thinking about you know I was in a fortunate position of um, I had an up-level sparring partner surfing with him improved my surfing dramatically just because he's such a good surfer so it rises the bar right uh -huh. um, but then it made me think well somebody listening to this working with a shaper working with another surfer whatever you're doing well, what if you Ashton looking like 
I'm the bad player on the tennis court. So it sucks for him to play tennis. I mean, he's still going to get something out of it, and we've had great time together. I should really ask him this question, but yeah, just it, I, I don't have a question for you, but we could sit and chat about this. Is What if you are sparring with somebody? What if you're surfing with somebody and, and they're not rising you to a level because they're above you? Not that there's a, a hierarchy, but you know, if there's just a more consistently proficient surfer that you're surfing with, you're naturally gleaning all the time, but you seem to have an open mind that you're always gleaning from anyone in the water doing good surfing. But what would your comments be to imagine people are going to join up and go surfing together on a consistent basis in terms of learning something? Like, what what would you think are the quickest things you can learn from somebody else's surfing? Would it be to to watch them and coach them? Would it be observe and try things on yourself? Would it? Tr- um, what's coming to mind quickly is like try and demonstrate to them what you see them doing because if i showed you what you're doing on a wave i might not be able to do it but to show you what i'm trying to do could be interesting to get you to do it to an even better degree yeah that's a really interesting i've never thought of any way ever trying to do that for somebody you know like trying to show the way they surf and i think uh in school even one of the lessons we would have to learn is, you know, like you have to learn something and the best way to learn it really is to teach it to somebody else. And so if you're trying to show someone the way they surf, you're really going to be learning how to surf that way yourself. And then by watching you, it's going to, you know, open up a whole world in their mind. But by you trying to surf differently on different waves or to try and read a wave the way somebody else does, you're going to be learning so much, I think. We might have just opened up a real, yeah. a real, I mean, this is, this is, try it on for size. This is, this is yeah. free experimentation. I want to try that with Ashen because I think I have a really solid picture of the way he surfs and he rips, but there are definitely things that I'm like, that is such an Ashton thing or that turn was such an Ashton turn. Oh, you, when I'm riding down the bike path, I can, I can pick him out of a lineup when he's yeah. paddling little and taking off and everyone, you can for people that you know the way they surf. You know, this is this is what surfing is. It's um, it's such an individual activity, in, in, and yet it's not a selfish activity because I feel that the depth that you can get out of surfing and cultivate this fascination for this, you always bring it back to the to the to the tribe, to the community, to the house, to the family. And if you balance it well, I feel like you're a better human, and so it can add to being a better human. We want to be good humans. We want to use the time that we're investing in this fascination, riding waves, building boards, to um, to the betterment of all but this could be um this could make the most sense in how to um communally grow no 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 decidedly walk in, on a path with somebody and then grow together so that you can get more depth out of it within your own life and share it with others but that's what surfing is it's such a um unique thing because we do we kind of share it together but yet it's your own mm-hmm. like at We're the end of the day you take off and you you're surfing and it's you and that wave and then the wave dies and, and we're there together and we're learning from each other but yeah at the end of the day we'll never be each other which well. is which is actually why i think surfing is so cool one of the reasons is because there there, there comes an accountability it, it actually it ends up on resting on your shoulders it's like you know, the concept of being in a team sport is interesting but if the team wins the team wins and if the team loses they lose and it's not that you're casting blame or accolade. It's more when you surf. Yeah, all these things are cute, but at the end of the day, it's up to you. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And they, they, they put the responsibility on, and I think it changes the way you look at life or the way you look at responsibility even because you, you're kind of used to being signaled out or being put on the line to dance. Mm-hmm. And that mentality is so good, I think, to carry through. Like, you can take surfing as this selfish thing or you can learn how to make surfing improve your whole life outside of that or take the energy that you have surfing and share that with everyone that you encounter on a daily basis or that kind of thing it's like just that mindset alone I think is so helpful and so useful that almost if you can understand the concept of uh, taking the lessons from surfing and using it to help other people or to spread throughout your entire life whether that's the art you make outside of surfing or whatever it is if you understand that concept, I feel like you're already there. Well, I mean, I, I'm hoping that that's what these conversations are doing. So share this within your own community and the, your own path, your own life. Um, I'm excited to see what you're going to do with your surfing, Jimmy. I've, I've uh, been a fan from the sidelines, from the beach, from the shore, from the from the shoulder. We surf together a lot. But um, yeah, from me to you, I, I I'm interested to see where you take your surfing. Thank you. I, I feel like you've that. got every piece of potential and raw talent that anyone to go any distance could possibly need. And yet, we've kind of discussed in, in depth that, that there's really no one to to look across your shoulder on and not to copy but to maybe gather confidence of um, this is how you do it along the way in terms of what you're doing, the lines you're drawing. And and clearly a lot of it has come down to the, the boards you're choosing to ride, the twin fins you've, you've chosen that they feel good. And I'm really excited to see where you take your surfing. I, I feel like um, the flavor or the brand of Jimmy Surf, the way you're surfing is going to be um, something that will stand the test of time and be admired. So... Um, congratulations to date and yet I'm excited to see where you take your surfing I can see I'm not I'm, I don't want to I don't want this to come across as I can see you frustrated and you want more because I know you do but this is I'm inspired by what you're doing and I don't know what's next but I'm excited to see what it is because I'm, I'm sure you um, are going to get to levels that maybe you can imagine now and maybe you can't but this there seems to be an un, un, um, inhibited potential or growth in front of you Thank you so much. First of all, that is such kind words. And it means a, a ton even from you. Like you saying you're a fan of me, I've been a fan of you forever. So I really appreciate that. But um, yeah, I feel like, wow, that's just thanks. But there's so much potential out there. And as long as you're inspired, you really will grow to places that you can't imagine. And I feel like I'm just starting you know I feel like I'm learning so many lessons and I feel like like last year I was so psyched on the surfing I was doing in Hawaii and this year looking back on it I see hiccups but back then I didn't see much hiccups or, or I did see hiccups but I didn't even see how exactly to get out of them or how much better it would be a year later and I can only envision the next thing going and I just feel like I, it's just so great to be surrounded by all these inspiring people and all these people that want to be better and grow more and together we really don't know what our potential is and at the end of the day i'm just trying to focus on having the most fun in the water which to me is pushing you know doing the best surfing that i can going new places on a wave holding a rail forever whatever but um 
being around people like you is just so inspiring. So thank you. I appreciate that. And I am, I'm really excited to see where it goes because I feel like right now I'm doing surfing that five years ago, I wouldn't have ever even looked at a video and thought that was me, you know, like, I, I mean, I would have been ecstatic if that was me. I was like, dude, I could do that. Like, that looks so fun. Um, and so I think it's, it's just going to keep growing that way as long as I allow it to. And as long as I put effort into, and I don't really have a solid vision of the future, exactly what I want to do. It's just small things over time that I, I can see are, could be improved now. And I just work on those things as much as I can. And the overall is kind of like what you can't plan for, but it's probably really exciting to see. So let's let's take a case study of you going to Hawaii, coming up here real soon. And um, are you envisioning um, the things that you're hoping to get done on those waves? Or are you envisioning um, sort of just seeing what sort of, I guess the question is, do you know what you're working on next? Or is it just polishing up what you're already working on and then the next thing will present itself? Well, I think, yeah, before I get there, I can't be, I mean, I yeah, I'm not looking at what I'm going to be doing next winter, that's for sure. All I know is this is how I surfed this wave last year, and I'll, I'll use Sunset as a great example because I've loved that wave ever since I went there for the first time. And I've ridden so many different boards at Sunset, like anyone that surfed there, knows it's a pretty open canvas, but it also holds any size wave. And so I'll just use that wave for example, but I feel like last year I definitely did the best surfing I've ever done at sunset, but I felt so, I definitely on each wave, after each day, whatever, felt so much like, oh, this turn was, was sick this session, but like, I feel like I could do way more. Like, I, I just feel like I could push way harder or, you know, look at this wave this way, or, I mean, I feel like Sunset's just a good example, because the surfing done out there, I feel like is so far removed from what, at least for me, I can envision as the best surfing possible, uh, so it definitely is, I mean, I'm, I'm, I have somewhat a goal of what I want to be doing on the wave, but I also just have those feelings of, like, uh, unfulfillment, I guess, or just, like, oh, that wasn't as good as it gets. Like, I just, I need to go harder next time. I need to do better next time. Um, those things are definitely what come to mind first. And then I, I never really look at the end goal on if I'm at the place where I can surf the wave as good as I can imagine. I'm just trying to think what's better right now. What can I do better? What is this feeling that isn't perfect, even though I'll never get there? But. Mm. I've thought about that a lot, actually. Like, am I happy with my surfing? No, that I'll never be. It's like shaping or painting. Like, I'm. I used to hate my art. Now I kind of love it, but I'm also never happy with it. Mm -hmm. And every board I'm seeing, not necessarily flaws, but I'm like, well, there's always places to improve. Yeah. And surfing's very much that way. And it's like you live this surf life of kind of every time you get out the water it's never good enough with a, but yet it's enough to keep you coming back but it's more than that but it's fascinating right it's like well um, it's never going to be perfect and and yet that mystery is almost makes it um it's not like it, there's no end goal really yeah that I, process is really just fine too because tomorrow we might die and then 
all the surfing we did, did it matter or not? It's like, no, it mattered a lot. <laughs> yeah, it matters to me. Right, exactly um, right. Yeah, that's like, I never really pictured like, you know, when I'll be happy with my development in terms of like, okay, that was enough. Like, I'm content now. That was great. And I don't think that step really matters. You know, it's just like. I challenge that though, because I've seen people where I've never heard them admit it but I've seen them walk away from their surfing and they're or they stopped surfing at a higher level and just digressed and eventually probably stopped. I've never heard somebody admit that, but I have seen people that you can tell that they think they're surfing as good as they good or as good as they could or yeah, that's good enough. Yeah. That's and that's just interesting because it's, I don't see myself that way because I'm always frustrated, but it's just interesting. Uh huh. It is really interesting. Uh, I've seen it. And people my age in terms of people I look up to, which I think is pretty crazy because I'm at a, I'm 20 and I'm at a pretty young age where I feel like nobody's peaked yet, obviously. But I definitely was inspired by a lot of people or even felt pressure to be as good as a certain people that now I feel like are, they did hit their max. And I think it's got to be really tough to be in a spot like, well, everybody puts the spot on John John or Itzler or whatever, where nobody can visually envision surfing better than them. Like, I don't think anybody, I've never seen a wave like, and thought I could do better potentially than what they're doing right now. Or I mean, I've seen what I could do better in that instance, but I never think, well, I know what the next bar above that is, you know, like it's it's really hard to to look at somebody that good and think like, oh, I know what is better than that and I'm going to do it. So I think it's got to be pretty hard for them because I'm going to, position where i definitely have a lot more to improve on than they do but Um, i think that's that's just the point is that it's like you know that if you ask john john right now he would say oh no no no, this part yeah that's he'll clean something up so it's 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 within your own lane Mm -hmm. you got to stay in your lane and what's next in your own lane it really is that's what this whole year with ashton's been about it's like I said the very first day and i I keep i keep bringing this up and i know it's redundant but i want to make this so clear it's like dude i don't want to make you a version of myself no way i want you to be the best version of you so what what are your questions let's just keep asking questions and it's very much that way with any path in life and i like that concept of path and we've spoken about it a bunch together ashton and i and both you and i today and it's um find your lane stay in it and figure out what's next right totally Uh, i I really agree with that and i i think that is a voice that could be on the loudest volume in surfing, uh, growing up, I feel like, like that, it's probably, it's, it's definitely more now than it was years ago and even years before that. But I think like to put myself in that example, like I see John John or Italo on a wave and I know I'll never be capable of exactly what they're doing, but I'm pushing something that I think for me is so much better or, you know, like it's really just like that is instead of looking at that and comparing yourself to that, just take the inspiration from them pushing themselves to the max. And then you're like, wow, that is insane. They are at the highest level I can picture them being, and I'm going to go do what I can be the highest version of myself. And it's going to be so different from that. And it's just so important to not be comparing that and really just instead of using uh, diff- everybody's different levels or abilities as a scale or a rating as just like a trampoline you know like just push it all up and so I think like I've I've slowly learned to realize like 
I will never really be the greatest air guy, but that is so fine. And I'm just going to do my own thing that is so fulfilling to me and so much better in my mind that I'm going to do that and I'm going to use the inspiration from everybody doing that and I'm not going to feel bad that I can't do that. I'm going to be so inspired that people are capable of that and that hopefully we can all just push ourselves up. Do you speak to yourself in the water? I think I do. I would say I do. Um, I think it's not an answer. Yes or no? <laughs> yeah, I definitely do. How do um, you address yourself? Uh, I would say I'm probably pretty, like I'm constantly reviewing myself. And at times just like, whoa, that was cool. Like, uh, I guess I'm, I'm constantly looking for my flaws and just making sure that voice is there and I'm listening to the flaws and I'm not thinking, man, all these flaws suck. I'm, you know, this sucks. I'm just thinking, man, all these flaws are here and I'm having the best time and I'm doing my best surfing and I'm just trying to pick apart what flaw I can work on at that time and kind of what I can do to have a better session today. So I'm trying to, I'm definitely thinking about that uh, while I'm speaking to myself in the water or I'm thinking about the waves, just really trying to talk to myself to figure out, like, I'll even play games with myself on where I think the next wave is going to come or or how long I should wait, how long is, like, I'm waiting for the best wave or how long is, if you wait too long, you just miss the best wave, you know, because you're waiting for something more. So, yeah, constantly communicating with myself and bouncing back on, on what I'm, I guess, initially thinking or what I'm feeling and just talking to myself about what that means or what it is at and what it should be at or what it could be at and what to change and what not to change. Would you say that inner voice is um, by default um, affirmative, like a positive voice or a negative voice? What, what, what do you default to that voice that comes up? I think a big, a big, I guess, variable is the headspace you're in before you surf or what you take into the water. And obviously you change that a bit when you paddle out, your headspace definitely changes. But um, what you surround yourself with overall is gonna determine whether your inside voice is a critical coach or, you know, uh, like just super positive, whatever, no flaws thing. And it has to be somewhere in the middle where you have to see what what to change and, and what is great. And it's just really important to learn that seeing the flaws or being critical on yourself doesn't mean that you're bad or that you have these big flaws. It's important to have that voice kind of like there and understand what it's trying to say and understand that it's not breaking you down. It could be building you up. So I would say uh, throughout many phases of my life, it has been positive or negative depending on the day and I'd say default, it's pretty, it's like a, a strong, like not, not a coachy or not like, you know, destructive or negative, but just a strong sense of like what I want to change, what, what I can change and what to be better. And it also tells me just at the same time to relax and have fun because that's where your best performance will come from. Have you been coached before? Never, 
in surfing or officially. I've been on, like, I did sports teams as a kid, like, but not up. What not, sports? Uh, I did a little bit of soccer. I did basketball, but that was, like, literally pre-middle school days. Uh, once it got to middle school, I was just kind of, I started skateboarding a lot in middle school and late elementary school, and then surfing came later in, like, late middle school into high school and then by then the concept of coaches was really strange to me it's like you got this guy that yells at you and tells you what to do and is I don't know I just when you're growing up in high school sports coaches aren't always the most positive figures or at least they're not portrayed that way by your friends that are upset because they had to do suicides or whatever so I uh, never never been coached but I've definitely been mentored or you know like people have definitely helped me in terms of gaining knowledge and that kind of thing but I've never had a coach I've never had someone that is responsible for me doing better or that I you know look to every day for advice or that overwatches my progress or anything like that do you sing to yourself in the water sing yeah um I definitely would oh well there is a uh, I'd say this happens but there was a period of time where it would happen more where when I was really into psyching myself up with music, I would be set to the wrong tune, I thought, or set to the wrong rhythm. And so I would sing to myself to get a song stuck in my head that was, I thought, better for my surfing. Um, so I've definitely done it. I don't think I do it often, um, but I try and a lot of, try and, I mean, I guess the singing was almost like to put myself in rhythm. And now I feel like if I'm, if I have the right rhythm, I definitely don't sing to myself. It's almost like the words are, are just there playing in your head, like literally sounds like you're listening to music in the background of your own voice talking in your head, as opposed to like consciously putting those words into your head to have a song in your head. When you um choosing your board colors, what are the things that you like and why? I like a lot of bright colors, which I don't know exactly why. Like, I really like when blue clashes with red in different uh, forms. So that can be even like an orange or whatever. But I think the contrast of blue and red are it's just a really cool look in my opinion so I when I paint I feel like I I really use the base of the primary colors where it's like there's a lot of blues yellows and oranges and reds and I feel like those are in my opinion just really pretty colors or blues that are mixed with reds and like a purple or something um, and I think I mean, I don't know why, I just think they're bright, and I'm a little bit colorblind, actually, so I think those colors just maybe pop out to me. Um, like, a, a blue and purple I'll mix together a lot in my mind, or greens and browns and grays and pinks, and there's a few things that just kind of look the same to me. So I think the bright colors are kind of just no confusing them. What's your favorite time of day to surf? That's a good question. Uh, midday is awesome because I don't like I like to wake up have a good breakfast so that I can not get hungry in the middle of the day I often like kind of don't do much for lunch I'll just pack a sandwich or some bars or something so I think midday is great one because of the crowds 
uh, most people are working in the middle of the day, you know, and then also just, I don't know, you can have the longest sessions. (laughs) (laughs) So when you say a long session, how long are you surfing? And would you rather surf five 20 minute sessions a day or one four hour session? Like there's an extreme there. And I know different people have chosen different paths and everyone does, but what works for you? I definitely try and base a lot off the conditions. I don't want to have my own script too hard because nature has their script and you can't really adapt to nature. So, or I mean, you can't adapt. You can't just project your will onto nature. nature. So um, I think that's important, being flexible, understanding that you can't just surf whenever you want for as long as you want and also get the best waves and then also balancing it with work and, you know, your personal life, whatever else you have going on. Uh, when I moved to California, I worked at Pizza Port here, and so my shifts would all start at 5 p.m., and so I would literally go down to the beach from like 9 or 10 and leave at 4 and just go to work that night and get off work and do the same thing over and over. And I've been a marathon surf rat for a long time, and I think, I mean... I love it. I'm hooked. And I think there's really not like the perfect day involves more than four hours of surfing in my mind, if you can do it. And that's another thing that's so great about Hawaii is tides are not too big. The winds always side offshore almost and there's swell. So you can surf all day if you want to. I think that is one of the big reasons that draws me there. I like longer sessions, but I think if you do force yourself to have shorter sessions it is easier to control your um i guess your output or input of inspiration level seems like you can you can kind of it's harder to maintain that level of psych on a four-hour session i guess so if you do short sessions you can almost be really psyched in the water and then you carry that psych out when you cut a session short which I never really like to do, but if you cut it shorter than you would plan on, I guess, if you had all the time in the world, you often come out of the water with a lot of stoke and you kind of carry that through the rest of the day. So I would say I'm a surf binger. I, I definitely am pretty gluttonous in terms of sessions. I'll go all day, but there's a big kind of reward to short sessions. And it also kind of, when you, if you let's say you still want to surf four hours a day but you have four hour sessions or eight 30 minute sessions or whatever you can then look at surfing so many different ways in one day i feel like you would learn quicker doing that definitely shorter sessions with more just more in one day but shorter repetition or whatever but um that would take you like looking at similar waves or the same waves differently, it would make you have variation in the ways that you surf. And you would probably go in and change your board sometimes because of the way a session went or what you wanted to do. And so allowing yourself to have different sessions would put you in a lot of different head spaces to learn from or a lot of different new positions as opposed to one steady position. Mm. So interesting. Yeah. Do you have any questions for me? Any anything you want to say? We're gonna get wrapped up here in a minute. I don't think I have too much to say on my own, but maybe a question. Yeah, for there's Ashton. always. Well, yeah, a question for Ashton would be good. There's always. I mean, being able to go to you as a resource for questions is pretty. Uh, 
pretty good deal. There's a lot to learn, so I think when did you think you started looking at the world the way you do, I guess, because it is, it is, I guess, different. And so like, I guess most people are just not naturally as inspired as you are or open to new ideas or what do you think shaped that for you or Hmm. it's an interesting question and it's um it's actually a little macabre and i was thinking about it yesterday standing next to my front door with my foot on a gray tub and i say those things to show you that i remember it very clearly Mm -hmm. and i was standing there thinking why uh, it's um, like the concept of brevity as inspiration. I'm not sure is a good thing. Yet it's so honest, it's so real, and it's so true. But it's like you're gonna die, so you may as well be rad. Yeah, that's it. and that then lends itself to you're gonna die, so you made it. You better make it count. But that lends itself to. You're gonna die, so what really matters? And 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 you, I, I, I just, I sat there looking out the, out the door. I was taking a break. I think I was eating an apple or something. My foot on that tub, looking out the door, thinking about this very concept. And I was like, I tried to just keep, unpacking it, unpacking it like an onion. Just keep peeling it open, and hopefully there'll be something in the middle of the onion. T- turns out it's always just the middle of an onion. <laughs> but the middle of the onion yesterday was. Um, <coughs> It's just, you're going to die, so you may as well be kind. And and I, I, I'm only bringing this up to say that I often feel like, why I, I don't conduct the path that I'm so grateful to be leading, but I'm grateful for it just because it's day by day, to be honest. I'm like, I get to shape tomorrow as the biggest blessing because I love it. Mm-hmm. So I guess tomorrow I get to do it and it's one day at a time. And... I, I bring this up to say I think I've viewed the world this way for a long time I don't know if it's right or wrong but it, it is a driving force of like what's what's the point really you know so it is a little negative and I have been chewing on that I know it's made me look at things a little bit differently but I'm not here to be cool I'm not here to be right I'm not even not I'm not here to be noticed it is nice to be appreciated and to be honest if it's just by enough customers to keep the thing afloat that's all I kind of want so I don't know if it's a short view on life. I don't know if it's too small of a view on life. I get judged for that pretty often, actually. But when it comes to like, let's bring it back to the things we we're talking about. Like, I want to surf better so badly. And I really work on it. And and yet, I don't see it any different to the rest of my life. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better shaper. I want to be a better waterman. And all those things... They just take um, attention. They take um, a willingness to learn, like just constantly being observant, mm-hmm. working hard, and having fun. We were driving up the mountain last week, and those are the three things I said to my kids. I was like, well, we're stuck in a car together. <laughs> it was a great time. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it would have been full car, or like scripted in a movie, like, pan across the dash and dad's giving his three thoughts you know but i kind of made comedy of it you know i was like well it's um be observant 
work hard and have fun. And that's just what I'd come up recently, this week. That was what I'd thought about. So I wasn't ready for that question, but what I have, I think I work alone. And I really cherish that time. And Ashton and I have spoken about that, just like how grateful we are for being able to dance around a piece of foam in a dark room all day. I don't want to work indoors. I want to work outdoors. But as part of my world, this in, in this intense environment, I love it. But you get to think about these things. You get to, be, you get to think about all sorts of things. And it it's made me... I'm just curious, you know. Um, maybe that's what's so fascinating about the way you surf, because to me it's different. And it's not different in that it's cute. It's different in that it's progressive because you're doing radical things in the best part of the wave. That's the, that's why I say it could stand the test of time. And so I guess I'm fascinated. I'm curious, but it's. Um, I mean, I think of Ashton too. I. I think he's a long way to go with his shaping and he'd be the first to admit that. And that's why it's exciting, you see. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool what he's doing. Yeah, there's plenty of room to grow. Mm-hmm. And when you see that, because I see it in my own world too, it's like, it's never this concept of, well, this guy's arrived. I'm like, well, that's pretty cool what he's working on. Interested mm-hmm. to see where that goes. That's cool. And along the way, you just, um, to me, that's just more interesting, I guess. Yeah. That's awesome, Hans. Glad to hear some insight, but I think, well, uh, yeah, nobody can attest to if you just be observant, work hard, and have fun. What else was there to do, you know? (laughs) Well, I see a lot of people not doing that, and I don't judge them, but I'm just, I don't know if it's that macabre concept again or that um, obscure approach, but but it it seems like it's pretty easy to be distracted or to waste time. Mm Mm-hmm. It is. I mean, I do. <laughs> Definitely. No, we all do. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, I don't want to say, and it's not a judgment. It's an observation, see? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hmm, okay, well, not on my watch. At least mm-hmm. not today. So it's a day-by-day thing. Um, yeah, I just, uh, even this whole series, as you guys are listening now, gosh, it's got to be right before Christmas. Um and that's actually the beauty of this conversation is that it is the last one, even though it's going to be dropping in number five and then there'll be one more with Ashton buttoning everything up. So enjoy that coming up next. But we uh, we started, it was January 26th, sitting right here last, all this year. And um, and we talked about, oh, it's coming up to Christmas. And it was such a, a strange thing to imagine people listening in December and it'll live on in time. But, you know... Yeah, just I hope it's an encouragement to um, link arms with somebody, go deep, find somebody that you can spar with, go surfing. Well, I mean, today's learning, I didn't know we were going to learn that. And I'm so grateful for that. We kind of stumbled on that is to like maybe mimic somebody else's surfing with them, not in jest, but in curiosity. Mm-hmm. And is to teach is to learn, to learn together is to go deep. That could be a tagline, write that down, probably put that on the bottom of this, haven't named it yet. But um. Yeah, just I think this concept of sharing ideas is is powerful, you know. Yeah. Um, people taking the time to listen to this is. I don't really want to say, oh, I'm so grateful for you listening, because to be honest, it's like just turn it off if it's not for you, and that's fine too. Yeah. You know, this is it's it's free. It's something out there, and yet you don't do it to be noticed. You do it because the depth that it can bring is unmeasured. It's unmeted, and it's um, it's that way with surfing. Like, why do we want to get better at surfing? It's like, oh, I'll tell you all the reasons. And that's interesting because it matters to you. So whatever's mattering to you, find the depth in that and um, 
yeah, Jimmy, I thank, thank you for your time today. Thank you for the approach and the perspective you bring um, or have brought and do bring. Um, I've learned a lot today. Thanks. I as well. Uh, any conversation with you, I feel like I pull some new information out. And this experience also in itself is just so new. But I think I've learned about yourself and myself by talking. And it's definitely going to pull some inspiration through the rest of my day. So I'm grateful. Uh-huh. All right. Well, to you guys listening, um, one more in this series to follow. And we'll speak to you again soon.